In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains and in the agony of giving birth. No, it's not the Christmas story we're accustomed to, but it is the Christmas story of Revelation 12. It is what Christmas looks like in heaven. Christmas on earth, a young woman dressed in humble traveling clothes. Christmas in heaven, she is clothed with the sun. Christmas on earth, there is dirt and straw under her feet. Christmas in heaven, under her feet is the moon. Christmas on earth, perhaps she wore a hood or a veil or nothing on her head at all. Christmas in heaven, she wears a crown of 12 stars. On earth, she is poor and insignificant, seemingly of no consequence. In heaven, she is glorious, of such significance that even the sun, moon, and stars all serve her. Indeed, how a thing appears on earth may be very different from how it appears in heaven. Christmas on earth is iconic for how all of earthly life seems to go. Someone in government wanted to raise taxes. What else is new? So in order to pay the government more money, Joseph and Mary had to travel to be registered. And before they could travel to be registered, they had to get their real IDs. Well, not that last part. We don't know if the couple got a late start traveling. Perhaps Joseph was struggling to get the suitcases just so on the donkey. But we do know that by the time they arrived, sleepy Bethlehem had been transformed into bustling Bethlehem. And there were no rooms at the Radisson or the Ramada. As it turned out, the couple would have to spend that first night in less than acceptable accommodations. And wouldn't you know it, that would be the night for Mary's child to be born. She didn't have anything else, so she laid him in a manger, which is, of course, a feeding trough, a little piece of motherly ingenuity, to be sure. But still, how odd. In heaven, there were two signs. The first was the woman crowned with stars, clothed in the sun, with the moon under her feet, as she was giving birth. Then, the scriptures say, another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on his heads seven diadems. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. 
Well, that certainly paints the events of Christmas in a different light. There was a woman and a dragon and a poor child about to be devoured. Of course, on earth, no one saw any dragon. There were indeed strange and miraculous things going on that night. Angels singing in the skies, shepherds suddenly appearing to see the newborn child. But no one saw any dragon next to the manger, let alone a great red dragon hell-bent on devouring the newborn child. But then again, things on earth aren't always as they appear. Away in a manger, no crib for a bed, the little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. The great red dragon looked down where he lay. The little Lord Jesus was about to be prey. How poignant then that at the very moment the dragon stands ready to devour the child, the woman lays the child in a feeding trough. No doubt, Mary was quite oblivious to the significance of what she was doing, as we on earth so often are. She saw no dragon. She saw what was available and laid her child in a manger. But be that as it may, God sees to it that she does what she does. The dragon stands ready to devour the child, and the woman places her child in a feeding trough, as if to say, come and eat. But why would God do this? What on earth, or what in heaven, is going on? Just a few lines of scripture later, we're given the clue we need. This great red dragon has a different name, if not a different form. The great red dragon is also called the ancient serpent. A woman and a serpent. Oh, where, oh, where have we seen this before? A woman and a serpent, and between them a tree, and on that tree, fruit. The serpent gets the woman to eat. And the rest, shall we say, is history. Every last person born of woman has been poisoned ever since, poisoned with sin and poisoned with death. So deeply have you and I been poisoned, we can no more cease from sinning than we can cease from dying. Contrary to that great theologian, Michael Jackson, we cannot heal the world. We can't even heal ourselves. Not only the nightly news, not only your own family troubles, but the entirety of human history shows how deeply poisoned we are, how utterly impossible it is for us to heal ourselves. Our own consciences stab at us sharp as teeth. The grave looms before us like an open throat. Serpent, dragon, hell itself wait to swallow us whole. It all goes back to the woman and the serpent, to the woman and the dragon, which is why 
In heaven's Christmas, it is the woman and the dragon that we see. But between them this time, there is no tree and no fruit. There is, however, a child, the fruit of the woman's womb. Contrary to the History Channel, contrary to countless internet articles written by atheists from their parents' basements, contrary to what many so-called religious experts think, Christianity doesn't begin with the birth of Jesus some 2,000 years ago. Christianity begins with the word that God spoke to the serpent all the way back at the dawn of time in the Garden of Eden. He said to the serpent, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. You shall bruise his heel. He shall crush your head. It is this word of God, spoken to the serpent, that is both the origin of Christianity and the origin of Christmas. God promised to send the Christ child, offspring of the woman, who will crush the ancient serpent's head, who will slay the great red dragon. And having broken the evil one's power, this child will heal all who come to him. He will remove from us the poison of sin and the poison of death. Whoever comes to him, no matter how great the sins, no matter how imminent the death, whoever comes to him, he will never cast out. He was born of a woman as we are, so that we might be born of God as he is. So it is written, to all who receive him, who believe in his name, he gives the right to become children of God. Sinless in Jesus, deathless in Jesus, children of God is what we Christians are. On earth, we appear lowly, that's true, but in heaven, glorious. For all that the serpent, all that the dragon has done, shall be undone by the woman's child. In heaven's Christmas, we see a woman and a dragon, and between them, a child. The woman places the child in a feeding trough. And what begins there at this manger is then finished at the cross. It is there that the ancient serpent, the great red dragon, will finally devour the child. Or so he thought. Did he even see it? Or was he too deluded, too self-deceived to even notice that in the garden there was a woman and a serpent and between them a tree and so at Golgotha, there was a woman, a serpent, and between them, a tree. And on that tree of the cross hung fruit, fruit that the evil one greatly desired to eat. With all his might, that serpent and dragon surged forward to strike, to devour, to swallow up this child forever. Then, 
and only then he saw. While trying to swallow the man whole, he had merely bitten the heel of God. And upon his head, that heel drove down, heel of man and heel of God. And the ancient serpent's head was crushed. Into the heart of that great red dragon went the child's wooden sword, sword of the cross, sword of the Christ. And the great red dragon fell with mortal wounds. That serpent and dragon had given the woman to eat that which was death for her. So, in the manger and on the cross, as God himself would have it, woman returned the favor. Things on earth appear very differently in heaven. On earth, it looks like evil is as strong as ever. But in heaven, you would see, it's only the last thrashings of a serpent with its head crushed in. It's only the death throes of a dragon with his wicked heart pierced through. And on earth, we can perceive it. The poison of sin has been undone. Your sins are forgiven and soon you'll be sinless. The poison of death has been undone, for though you die, yet shall you live, and on the last day you will rise just as Jesus is risen. Away in a manger, no crib for a bed, the little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. The great red dragon looked down where he lay, the little Lord Jesus wasn't afraid. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.